we might not start with a firewall implementation within the network, which uh, maybe the IT guys would do. We will start with assessing the risk, define the right controls, and then identify areas where the risk might be mitigated with small means, an example, um, existing technology. And then at the end, the uh, protection of lives and physical assets is an outcome which automatically comes out of those efforts. Welcome to We Talk IoT, a regular series of podcasts from the editors of Smart Industry, the IoT business magazine. This podcast is brought to you by Avnet Silica in cooperation with Microsoft. Hi, I'm Tim Cole, the editor-in-chief of Smart Industry, the IoT business magazine. Digitization and networking are penetrating ever deeper into classical production environments. But the boundaries between OT and IT, between operational technology and good old-fashioned information technology, are becoming blurred. And that creates new challenges in defending against cyber attacks. Sebastian Gancho is Director of Cybersecurity Solutions at NTT Limited, a member of the Japanese conglomerate that started out in 1870 as the operator of Japan's first telegraph system and is today one of the five top global technology and business solution providers in the world. Their motto is, together we do great things. Gartner recently positioned NTT Limited as a leader in their magic quadrant for global network services. Congratulations, Sebastian. Thanks a lot. It's impossible to talk about industrial transformation, Industry 4.0, or industrial IoT without mentioning the convergence of IT and OT. But while everyone has a good grasp of what IT is, people who don't have all the background might wonder what operational technology or OT is really all about. Can you help them out? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, OT or industrial control systems are basically all systems which are used to control a production process, logistics operations, but also building management or energy monitoring. So this basically includes everything what can be used to monitor or change something in a physical environment. If we look at a more complex example, look at a chemical production facility. You've got a lot of stuff going on where stuff is heated up and, and if you, you've got the flow of chemicals through pipelines and so on. So you want to monitor that. You want to influence all those processes. So you've got all those sensors to control flow, pressure, temperature. You've got actors like engines, valves, or radiators. And all those are connected to PLCs, programmable logical controllers, to steer the production process. So it helps you yeah, basically automate your processes. So systems are usually built for real reliability and real-time processing. And they are very important to prevent hazardous um, situations. So you don't want nuclear facility to explode, for example. And the bad guys are increasingly targeting these systems. Yes, they are. So we, we have seen some examples in the past already. Well, um, I guess everybody um, remembers Stuxnet. That was, I guess, more than 10 years ago, around uh, 10 years ago already where uh, a malware was designed to um, infiltrate the uh, Iranian nuclear program. So this is a more example or more heavy example on what potentially can happen if you mess with those systems. And recently, hackers shut down the pipeline system in America. 
Yes, correct. That's a more recent uh, example. So Colonial Pipeline, um, the pipeline which goes, I think, from Texas to the east of the U.S., um, was shut down. And you had a basically a crisis in the U.S. where people were trying to uh, fill gasoline in, in plastic bags uh, because they, they feared they would not have access to gas anymore. So this can have dramatic impact on the life we know. Yeah. I guess everybody or some of you might know the... Um, the book Blackout, uh, it's a book from Mark um, Ellsberg, an Austrian author, who described a situation where the energy network in uh, Europe was attacked via smart meters. And we had a, uh, or described a shutdown of the energy network for, for a couple of days where basically everything went black. So these are more dramatic uh, situations which can or which impact our life in how, how we know that. In most industrial companies, the IT department takes care of software and hardware and communications and things like CRM or analytics, while the OT team is responsible for the production and industrial plants, which for a long time were self-contained systems, legacy systems, with no real connection to the Internet. The growth of networks is eroding this clear division of labor, with far-reaching consequences. Could you describe them for our listeners? Yeah, we, we already talked about a few consequences. So um, if you have an attack or an attacker in, in, in your network and uh, someone, someone is messing with your production process, you have something like the shutdown of Colonial Pipeline or a couple of years ago, um, a scenario came public where attackers um, attacked a smelting furnace in Germany where uh, basically that machine or that system was damaged because it was not shut down properly. So damages for companies are, are very high and that, you know, the consequences are very high for Companies. Unfortunately, production plants and industrial control systems are usually designed for availability, not for safety. Some experts go so far as to say they are insecure by design. What do you say to that? Well, those experts are basically right. Um, even though some of those systems were planned to be used in uh, connected environments, certain security controls haven't been implemented. For example, they rely on software which is no longer maintained, or they use methods for re remote access, which might introduce risk to the environment uh, these systems operate in. Since these systems were built to last 20 to 25 years, companies cannot just buy new machines. They need to add an extra level of security on top of those systems. So in the past, vendors um, didn't see the need for additional security controls, but luckily we're seeing some change there. So we are seeing that Automation vendors like Siemens or Rockwell are partnering with major security vendors and are heavily investing in building new systems which are actually secure by design. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. We Talk IoT, the smart industry podcast, is sponsored by Microsoft. Microsoft Azure IoT Hub. Highly secure and reliable communication between your IoT application and the devices it manages. Azure IoT Hub provides a cloud-hosted solution backend to virtually connect any device. Extend your solution from the cloud to the edge with per-device authentication, built-in device management, and scaled provisioning. IoT solution based on Microsoft IoT Hub, then Avnet IoT Connect is your perfect choice. 
a standardized way to harness IoT so your business can quickly build smart apps and solutions based on the Azure platform. Unfortunately, IT and OT are very much separate departments within companies, and sometimes they don't really talk to each other. Of course, in the nature of things, they view the world from completely different perspectives. For the IT department, security means firewalls and defense against cyber attacks, while the OT team thinks in terms of the protection of lives and physical assets. How do you get these people to pull together? I think at the end, both departments do have the same goal to secure the business process and maybe not to harm lives. Um, so they might speak a different language, um, they might have different approaches, but it's still the same goal. Um, in our consulting engagements, we do support the client to put the overarching goal on top and structure a program to achieve this goal. So this means we might not start with a firewall implementation within the network, which uh, maybe the IT guys would do. We will start with assessing the risk, define the right controls, and then identify areas where the risk might be mitigated with small means, in example, um, existing technology. And then at the end, the uh, protection of lives and physical assets is an outcome which automatically comes out of those efforts. In the past, OT environments especially were pretty untransparent. Taking an inventory of the machines was not the problem, but determining which controllers are installed and where they are installed has become a real headache in terms of cybersecurity. What can you do to give your clients more overview? One of the first steps in an OT security program is to get an overview. It's uh, not so much about the number of controllers, etc. It's more about which firmware version are they running? Are there vulnerable to any attacks? Who's communicating with whom? Since this is a task which, which you cannot run manually, we can help with the right uh, technology. Um, we in NTT, we're partnering with vendors of so-called OT IDS systems, which can support with this task. In this process, we can establish a complete database of all assets, communication between the assets, their firmware version, as well as potential vulnerabilities. And this level of visibility allows us then to further plan where specific controls are needed and where we need to, to add an extra layer of security. And one benefit is those systems can later be used for their original task to detect attacks to the network and not just in uh, built-in inventory of that network. NTT recently released a new report entitled Future Disrupted 2021. And in it, you note the need for a security architecture that encompasses all locations and devices. This, the report says, stems from changes in business organizations. It's no longer local networks and IT infrastructures that determine the security strategy, but rather employees working at many different locations and at the edge of the network. That's a whole new ballgame, isn't it? It is. Due to the ad adoption of um, infrastructure as a service, platform as a service, software as a service, we are moving away from having compute and storage in central facilities. Suddenly, our data is everywhere, as are our employees. We're allowing our employees to use their own, not only company-issued devices. Therefore, our security strategy cannot longer just focus on securing the castle, but it needs to adopt that we need to protect our data and our employees, no matter where they are. We're hearing uh, terms like SASE, Secure Access Service Edge, and Zero Trust all the time. Um, those are well, security frameworks which help us to achieve just that. We can um, use them to protect our 
digital assets, our data, our users, no matter where they are. We are assuming that there is no trust for the user. We will identify all users, all applications all the time, and therefore secure the digital business. And um, both models complement each other. And major challenge here is there's no single vendor today who's covering everything. So um, companies need help in figuring out the right approach. And those models are basically a journey for companies to get more secure. So, well, you should search for help to uh, plan that journey and achieve the best outcome for yourself. Wasn't it Lenin that said, trust is good, but control is better? Yes, uh, I, I get, I'm not sure about, the, um, about it, whether it was Lenin, but um, it's right. Yeah. We uh, cannot assume anymore that somebody who's in our network can be trusted. Uh, we did that in the past, but we learned hard in a, in, in a, in a hard way that um, this is just not true anymore. The ongoing pandemic has emphasized the importance of a secure, high-performing cloud-based network as a critical asset to support modern business applications. How are enterprises responding to the need to be transformational and agile, as well as secure in a rapidly changing business environment? We saw during the pandemic that enterprises which already rely on cloud-based solutions were able to make the shift from office to work from home quite quickly. Enterprises which still rely on a more centralistic approach had difficulties in making this shift. They suddenly had to buy masses of firewall appliances to scale their VPN uh, capacity. We at NTT, for example, are on the journey to all mobile for quite some time already. Our employees are able to work from everywhere, anytime. In peak times during the pandemic, more than 90% of our global workforce were working from home, and we only had to do little adjustments to our infrastructure. So this is basically possible since we are leveraging a mix of software as a service, infrastructure as a service, but also cloud-based network fabrics. And of course, you need to uh, look for, for the right mix of security controls, which you can add into that well cloud-based uh, network fabric. And we are seeing that trend already quite a while. And we are now seeing um, that accelerating because a lot of companies saw that they quickly need to adapt to new situations. And this also allows to scale down, for example. So if you well, separate one part of the company, you can quickly uh, scale down your network fabric and pay less for, for the service, for example. Unfortunately, our time is up. Thank you, Sebastian Ganshow, Director of Cybersecurity Solutions at NTT, for sharing your insights with us. Thanks for having me. That was We Talk IoT, the smart industry podcast. You can read all the latest from Smart Industry, the IoT Business Magazine, by visiting our website at www.smart-industry.net, where you'll find hundreds of feature articles about everything from smart manufacturing and cognitive computing to autonomous driving and how IoT and AI are making business smarter. There you can sign up to receive our newsletter, Smart Industry Updates. I'm Tim Cole. See you next time. We talk IoT.